I'm Kate Delaney with Greg Stebbin. We're from Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America. We're here at the 2019 Bank of America Women Business Owner Spotlight. And we're here with Deepti Sharma. She is the founder and CEO of Food to Eat. What is Food to Eat? So, first of all, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Food to Eat is a corporate catering concierge service where we partner with immigrant, women, and minority-owned restaurants in New York City. Essentially, we help them by taking over their sales and marketing for catering and help them book catering opportunities at large clients. And we're getting these corporations that we feed to do two things. One, we help them consolidate their food and beverage programs so they don't have to go to 10 different restaurants in order to book catering opportunities. And then two, we're helping them look at diversity and inclusion through the lens of food and beverage. So thinking about how they can invest by using their purchasing power in small businesses in the community Mm. and the businesses we represent, as I said, are immigrant, woman, or minority owned. And two, we're also allowing them to think about inclusion. So inclusion is not just hiring women and people of color, which is how DNI is usually looked at. And so we say, how about you do that through your food and beverage culture? Yes, culture. Exactly. Get the people you've hired to feel as if you're actually trying to think about where they're from and the cuisines that they grew up eating. And so, again, it's such a simple thing. Food is sustenance, but it's always put on the back burner. What's the least amount of money I can spend on food? But at any event, good food and good drinks, like people remember that. It also brings the best out of people. So you're oh, probably yeah. going to have some really great gains in productivity and, and engagement amongst your employees that Absolutely. produce results that, frankly, were unpredictable around a pizza. Absolutely. And as you're talking about that, one of the things we've done to humanize the experience is we started a campaign called I Made Your Food, where we photograph all the owners, chefs, and operators holding the sign called I Made Your Food, Mm. because we want those photographs to be in front of the catering and people to look at it before they pick up that free food and say, oh, wow. This is the person that has literally had something to do with putting my food together. And you see these people standing in line. They're like, oh, what is that? Like, I'm, I'm so curious and interested. We've even had companies send out the links to the blogs of the interviews that we've done because they want to promote the DNI experience and they want to promote that they're actually doing this for their team inside. What a brilliant idea. And with, of course, the explosion of social media, all different platforms, I would imagine that really took off like wildfire. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the companies that we're feeding loved it and essentially have literally switched over from other organizations that they used to work with to us because they loved that we actually care about the vendors that we represent, that we care about the businesses that we work with, because we don't want to be seen as a third party to them. We want to be able to see that to be seen as an extension of their business. Talk to us about the kinds of restaurants and food companies you're working with. Would they be in the catering business if they had not created a relationship with Food to Eat? Yeah, so some of them are. We're in New York City, so we work with some local chains like Dos Toros or Fresh & Co., which are, they have above 10 locations in New York City alone. But still local or regional companies? Yeah, they're okay. still local regional companies. They, so not you know, Taco Bell or no, no, Chili's? No, okay. we try to avoid those, okay. but we do have clients that have requested them sometimes. And again, we don't want to be representing those businesses, but we have mom and pops, organizations like Jadi Jodam. He's a 
an individual that actually used to work for another vendor of ours. Hmm. He learned everything he could, left and started his own business. He's from Botswana and wanted to bring the cuisine of not just Botswana, but the continent of Africa. And he wanted to educate people because he himself wanted to educate himself about what the cuisine all over Africa is like. So he started a catering company. And so we have vendors like him, Mama Jaira, which is a mother-daughter-owned Greek restaurant and catering business. And so those are the stories that I feel like are the fabric of our country. And when people think about what's American food, I don't think it's burgers and fries. I think mm. it is the cuisine of the world, right? Yes. Because that's who we are. We're, we're immigrants. And that's why, as a first-generation woman of color, I think it's really essential for me to represent where I come from which is obviously, I mean, not obviously, but I am an Indian American. Not, not as obvious to a radio <laughs> yeah, audience. <laughs> not, not as obvious, but I am Indian American. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to represent that, but I wanted to represent people from all over the world. What fascinates me about what you've done is you're, you're actually creating opportunity and increased odds of success for the caterers and the restaurants that you yes. work with. And at the same time, creating this opportunity for inclusion and understanding and opening people's minds about food and culture right. on the company side. And on top of that, we also have a much more diverse workplace. So it must be very thrilling for people at a company to have their culture represented from time oh, to yeah. time, as opposed to the standard stuff you get from a company. Absolutely. And we want them to not only do it when it's Hispanic Heritage Month or Black History Month, we want them to know that every one of these restaurants or caterers that we work with should be represented throughout the year, right? It's not just these specialty moments or months to celebrate them. And so that's when ERG groups do it. And so we, again, are changing that conversation to say, you should have cuisine from all over the world. All, all the, the time. time. Exactly. And I mentioned at the top that, of course, we're here at the 2019 Bank of America Women Business Owner Spotlight event. And Deepti, for you, obviously, there has to be a connection what would you advise young women who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to be business owners like yourself, what would you advise them to do? I was talking about this earlier with someone. I always try to tell them to be passionate, but passion isn't enough to run a business. So what I think is really important is when you're walking into a room, be able to back up anything you do with facts. People will always ask, why you, why now? Why does this business need to be started now? And why does it have to be you? And so just make sure you have the facts of why it is you should be this right person and have those facts of what is the problem that you're trying to solve and why is it like now that's most important to get it done? Okay, I'll, I'll take the bait. Why you? Why now? What, what happened in your life to make you see that this was an opportunity? When I started Food to Eat, it was a very different business. I started as an online ordering platform for food trucks and carts, like a seamless for food trucks. Why me? Because I'm a New Yorker. I absolutely love the city. I Community has always been a big part of whatever I've done. And I wanted to help create opportunities for underrepresented, marginalized communities. I worked in politics before it. I had seen what it was like to bring people together for one cause. And so why me? Because I've done it in the world of politics where I've worked on a number of campaigns. 
Why at that time food trucks were booming? It was 2011 and it was an interesting time and I wanted to help grow and scale them. But not the hippie, you know, the hipster type of food trucks. I wanted to help <laughs> the small business owners that yes. technology was emerging, but they weren't actually using it. So yes. I was sending them through our system text messages with orders from people that were sitting in their offices. And so why me? Because I've done things before where I've brought people together for a cause and I felt like I could do it for these people to help them grow and scale. And at the time, like I said, food trucks were hot. And then we slowly pivoted for a lot of reasons, which we could spend another 30, 40 minutes on. I'm sure we could. (laughs) Um, But the pivot was great for us because we were able to continue helping the food industry in a different capacity. I love the fact that in your original model, you were helping the food trucks and hungry people. Mm -hmm. And now you're helping a very specific set, immigrants, women, on one hand, grow their business with your help and expertise. But also there's this whole inspiration educational cultural enlightenment part Mm -hmm. which if I had to choose one of those models to motivate me to get out of bed in the morning I would definitely pick what you pivoted to I really want to congratulate you for that thank you I mean we always worked with immigrant women minority but the funny thing is it was always something I knew I was doing but it wasn't Mm -hmm. a part of my branding yes and it became more part of our story because we saw that that's what would really push our business and that's what would really get the habits of corporations to change. Yeah, because you have two yeah. tribes now. Yeah. And one of them is very big and powerful and well-funded. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's very exciting. Yeah. Corporations need to yeah. spend their dollars in the right places. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's help them. The challenge is always with Fortune 500 companies, there's always a lot of red tape. And how do we break that? How do we get them to change the habits of conforming to what they're used to, which is working with companies like Aramark and Sodexo and the thing I love about, I think you said the, the hashtag or the, what you put in the photo is, I made this. I made your food. I yeah. made your food. What I love about that is so often the food we eat, nobody made it. Yeah. A machine made yeah. it. Mm-hmm. A robot made it. Yep. It's not even really it's food. Yeah. It's processed. And you're delivering real food made by real people exactly. that provides real jobs and yeah. real opportunity. So that for, is very exciting. And so for us, that's what I'm thinking about is that how do we change the conversation? And that's why we really started investing our time in DNI because we realize that people it's a hot topic everyone wants to be a part of it and everybody wants to be doing something new and different mm. and so it's it's still tough right corporations don't change with the snap of a finger even <laughs> though I wish they did not even when deep deep snaps her fingers. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. It was was lovely meeting you and I love your mission. I can't wait to see where it all ends up. I want lunch. (laughs) Yes, I do. I'm always hungry. (laughs) For more great small business tips, check out Bank of America's online small business community at bankofamerica.com slash SBC. Thanks for listening to The Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at forbesbooks.com and Bank of America at bankofamerica.com. 